On this week's episode, we talk about why community is so important. We talk about the first times we met people that were like us and what community does for people with rare diseases or any other kind of difference. So stick around. And welcome to Rare with Flair. The podcast where two 20-somethings with the same rare disease are living our best lives. I'm your host, Casey. And I'm your host, Cassandra. How you yes. doing, girl? You know, doing all right. I feel like in the tagline, we say we're living our best lives. I feel like, you know, I feel like the internet, not to be cheesy, but I feel like the internet always makes it look like your life is like amazing all the time. Yeah. And that ain't life all the time. We're still very, very, you know, um, grateful for everything we have. Oh, and we're course. still doing, we're doing well. But it's just like, you know, I feel like 2022 has been like weird. It has. Oh, man. it's Yeah. That's it's, the word to describe it. <laughs> it's been It's been weird. strange. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to get into the specifics, but it's just. It's just been a little different. I mean, there was COVID, sort of, and then not really anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's been a time. It's been a time, but. It's been different, but I'm doing well. You know what my dream is what mostly is in in life? Your dream. Um, For the people listening right now to give us like a rating, <laughs> a review. <laughs> Um, yes, that would be please. Awesome. <laughs> I feel you like I thought what, you were going to say like anything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a lot of dreams in my life, but that that's like the one I'm thinking of right now. And I feel like I'm really excited because on Spotify, um, yes. we finally reached enough ratings yes. for it to show. So thank, thank you, for you for all of you that rated us on Spotify, but p- Please go and continue to give us quick tap and uh, however many stars. I was about to say five stars, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make you put five stars. But hey, if you like what you hear, five stars would be helpful. <laughs> yes, and hey, even though our weeks have maybe been a little wonky, recording the pod is truly a, a very bright spot in our day. Do you not agree? It truly is. Yeah, we were we were like, oh, we need this. <laughs> Yes, we were like, it's therapy for us, but it really is like, I'm really glad that these almost two years later, we still really enjoy it. And it is like such an outlet for us. And it's like, also like as friends, a fun time to hang out, honestly. It is like like a reliable time that we get to talk to each other since we live long distance. And like we talk to each other kind of back and forth on voice memo texts, like at least every day-ish. But like... There's something about that, you know, I don't know, just being on FaceTime feels like it's a real conversation. Yes, yes. And I love having these conversations. And I feel like even though we don't listen to the episodes a lot, they're kind of fun to, like, look back on, you know? So, anywho. Have you done anything exciting? 
I know you did something cute on Sunday, but I this don't know. week. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. I threw a tea party um, <laughs> just so for cute. two of two of my friends. I have this beautiful tea set that I don't get to use a lot, and I had decorated my home for Easter. So and cute. Easter's kind of like my aesthetic anyway. Actually, one of my friends who came over, he was like, "Casey, your house at Christmas is like really beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but like Easter is your thing." And I was oh, like, I, "I, I agree. I'm a spring." So I had a tea party, and I made brownies and had scones and finger sandwiches and all the fun tea stuff and a lot of tea to choose from too and we all dressed up and it was a lot of fun so so um yeah yep so have you done anything you've like you've been hanging with people you've been having some fun social times yeah i know it's been fun um we're we're approaching on wedding season which is really exciting i'm in you're in many several weddings this year (laughs) um Mm -hmm. which it's a little overwhelming sometimes. I'm like, which which group chat is the one that's going off right now? Like, I don't <laughs> oh know. gosh! Um, but it is it's super exciting. So my college roommate um, had her bachelorette uh, last week. Yeah, last weekend, and it was really fun. And it was good to meet some of her friends. Like it always is cool to meet your friends' friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So we were in like a cabin and it was really nice and it was pretty relaxing, honestly. Like <laughs> that sounds relaxing. So, it was great. I know, yeah. We have we have had some fun times with friends lately. Very grateful for our friends. Yes. But this week Speaking of, actually oh. that's kind of a good segue, right? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. You were you were starting. I love that we were both like raring to go. Um, we were. So on this week's episode, okay, no, we're not doing a cold open. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on this week's episode, I feel like I, I love how cheesy that is, but I feel like sometimes like new listeners of the pod might like get the wrong idea of how. Because it sounds so, like, scripted and cheesy when you hear the beginning. And I'm like, I need them to get into the app to see that we're actually very cash. Yeah, very cash. Y'all, we we think of those cold opens kind of on the fly, though. Like, Yeah, literally do- on the fly. Like, I'm, like, praying on the inside that it, like, goes well. Because <laughs> I'm like, we don't know what we're saying. <laughs> like, this is very this is very much a raw conversation. Um, so, oh, anyway, but man. that's fine. Yeah, I know, but on but- this week's episode. On this week's episode. So, yeah, speaking of friends, um, some of our friends are from different communities that pertain to, I guess, the rare sides of us. Like, um, you know, obviously, like we've said before and like we said at the beginning, if you don't remember if you're new here, Case and I have the same rare disease and that is kind of how we met. And we'll, we'll like, slightly rehash that story again. It's always fun to retell a little bit. But, oh, yes. um, but it's just the importance of, like, knowing people that are like you and feeling like you're not alone in this world. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, so we, obviously, we have low vision. Uh, we also have albinism. And we have a specific type of albinism called Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome. So we have communities kind of in all three of those you know, we have the overall broad low vision mm-hmm. community, 
the slightly less broad albinism and the even less broad HPS. Um, and if you're confused by all this terminology, we have explained it many times. But um, it, so if this is your first episode, my apologies if that all sounds confusing to you. Um, I never want to assume that, you know, this is not somebody's first episode they've heard. But basically, we um, a lot of these communities have conferences and different ways mm-hmm. to connect. And um, we decided to actually, so full disclosure, we had put this episode on the calendar to be our conference episode because we were planning to go to the HPS conference this year. And this would have been the episode that would have come out right after the conference. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, due to COVID and due to the the very vulnerable health of our community, um, the conference was canceled again. And so we were like, well, we can't do a conference episode, but why don't we do an episode about the importance yeah. of community and especially in a time where we can't be together as much yeah. and how much we miss it and how important it is and kind of just our journey throughout our lives of how, um, you know, how we've met people and things like that. I know a lot of times people are question us or send us messages about Mm -hmm. how do you find a group? How do you find people? And we stress a lot how important that is. Yeah, it's, and it may not be easy and there may not be a group for you depending on what condition you might have, but this may also be a great opportunity for you to start a group. Um, But like, it's it's it is such a bummer that the conference got canceled this year. Like it was such a regular part of our lives. Yeah. And yeah. the last time we had a conference was 2019, which feels like forever ago. Yeah, so now it'll be like 4 years um by the time we see the people in person again. So that's wild. That's so wild. Um, and and yeah, it it was such a staple in our lives every single year. And every so, March, April, like it was conference uh, time. It kind of like made the the winter months go by a bit faster. Definitely, and we were really for me. looking forward to it this year. But um, yeah. it makes sense that it got canceled. Uh, but but in lieu of that, actually, last year we did a whole episode on the HPS conference and what it's you know kind of what it's about, what we do and what we talk about. Um, so definitely check that one out since this isn't the focus of this episode, but we just wanted to, to talk about more of the, like the feelings of having those spaces. Um, and besides the things that Casey mentioned, like I also have, um, bowel disease. So I've also connected with different communities of like women with bowel disease. So it's just like, you can, like, you can get involved in as many or as few communities as you would like, um. And I feel like they all have their place. But Absolutely. But when when was the first time that you met someone like you, Case? So, yeah, going back to my childhood. So I was not diagnosed with HPS until I was 18. But I knew, or almost 18. But I knew I was legally blind and had albinism since I was two months old. And I think I've briefly touched on this before. But just thinking about my childhood and the community I had, I didn't have a large community. I wasn't going to conferences. That wasn't a part of my childhood. But I did, I've mentioned in past episodes, I did have like a mentor with albinism who I met when I was about five. And she was a, she was a full grown adult by that point. She was either in her, you know, late twenties, early thirties ish, probably at the time. Um, And so she was actually really impactful on me though. It was really cool to see. I knew even at such a young age that she was just like me. Mm. And it was really impactful to see like, 
an independent, um, successful, awesome person who was like me. And then another memory I have is my parents were involved with like a statewide low vision slash blind community thing. Um, And I went to like a few events there, like a Mm -hmm. summer summer camp type thing once um just this was just strictly with like other low vision and blind kids not necessarily albinism um and some of them were were pretty much totally blind so i couldn't necessarily relate to them as much but i still knew that like they were like me um and so you know it's one of those things where in a sighted community we're the most blind and in a blind community we're often the most sighted so (laughs) um you know but but it was still those are like two things i remember from childhood of interacting with people like me and even back then it what it it meant something to me i remember really feeling a, an instant connection with these people even though we all were on different walks of life like i just knew that they were like me and yeah. so yeah how, what about you like any childhood yeah so memory? i have a Something similar. I, I wouldn't say she was a mentor, but there was a woman who went to my parents' church growing up. I think I was like, I think I was like 11, maybe. Um, and she was also like a full grown adult. But that was the first person that I remember meeting with albinism. Um, mm. I, I, If there was another person, I don't fully remember. But it it. It wasn't until I was older, and um, unlike Case, you know, we've talked about this too, um, I, you know, they knew pretty much from the instant that I was born that I had albinism, but, and I got diagnosed with HPS not too long after, because um, being Puerto Rican and HPS being pretty common in Puerto Rican populations, like, they were able to quickly diagnose me, which is really good and great to have that um, in advance, but still... Um, I had a very normal kind of mainstream, quote unquote, if you will, tra- childhood, which I feel like is like a word they use a lot in uh, for disability or in disability spaces for disabled kids, whether or not they go to like specialized programming versus like regular, quote unquote, mainstream schools. So um, it was very mainstreamed all of my life. I mean, I did do like different programming but I didn't end up usually interacting with a lot of other um like low vision um students but then also similar to what Case was saying there was a a local nonprofit in like in our area that had um it was for like blind and and pretty significantly visually impaired kids and it would help get them equipment. So I remember having gone to some of their events where I would be with, like, they had, like, Christmas parties and things like that um, with other, like, low vision and, and blind kids. But um, I, yeah, I didn't go to a conference until I was 13, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my first conference, I was 18. So I feel like our childhoods were fairly similar. Like, And when you met those people, did you feel that instant connection with them? And I you absolutely did. Yeah, especially yeah. when I went to the NOAA conference. Like, I think when I was younger, not as much. But when I went to my first NOAA conference, like, I was, like, elated. <laughs> I was, like, riding on a high. Like, it was amazing. And that's when you were 13? Yes, 
Okay, because that's what I was going to get to next is our first conference. So for those of you who don't know, NOAA is the just overall albinism uh, community. It's not the rare disease HPS community. It's just albinism. Um, so it's a broader community of people, larger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted – yeah, that was the next thing I was going to get into was like our first conference. So you said it was like amazing. Like, yeah, I loved it. It was in Washington, D.C., And I hung out with the other teenagers and they had like special programming for different age groups. And so I like they took us out during the day and, you know, we'd walk around the National Mall and we got lunch at like a food court in a mall. And it was just it was amazing because we would take we would all take breaks to put on our sunscreen. And I was like, I was always the only kid that ever had to do that. And it was so amazing to just be able to, and, like, people to, you know, bump into things and just, like, I felt like finally I was in a place where I, like, didn't have to, like, give a whole lot of explanation about myself. So that was, like, super exciting. And from then on, like, I knew I wanted to go back a lot. Um, And, like, I started kind of getting involved in Noah after that. Uh, But... When was your first con or was was your first conference an, an HPS conference? Yeah, so my first conference was HPS conference, which is the more small rare disease conference, which to be fair is a little more sad than a NOAA <laughs> conference because we are talking about deep health issues, lung disease, you know, it is it's more serious and sad, but it's still very fun and and laughy and mm-hmm. and it's special. It's a very very special conference it's it's heartfelt it's deep and like and and even the fact that it is kind of sad actually almost makes it more meaningful yeah um, in a way but so that was my first conference when I was 18 and it's funny because I'm super super involved in these communities now like actually like it's part of my job is yeah. is being involved in this community now every single day but I don't want to ever forget the first time feeling because I feel like I'm a little bit, um, I still love it. I still love being around everybody, but I've, I am so overly exposed to this community every day now that it's like a normal thing for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will never forget my first conference. And I mean, it really does feel like you're like stepping out of the real world into like a fantasy world where everyone is like you. And like you said, you don't have to explain yourself. And I just remember we have this big dance on Saturday night. And I just remember dancing and thinking, this is one of the happiest moments of my life. Like this is, I've never felt more like seen and related to. And, and like I, it, it is really cool. Like the first time you start meeting a lot of people because you realize that even though you're all so different, your experiences are so similar. I, I remember at my first conference, like somebody brought up the fact that when you would have enlarged papers, they'd fall off of your desk <laughs> at school as a kid. And I remember like I had like forgotten that that had happened until she mentioned it. And then I was like, it really is like a universal. We yeah. all go through the same stuff. Like we've all been through the same stuff and when you're a kid all that stuff is so isolating and horrible and then when you find people who have literally been through the same thing it's like it is an amazing feeling it's so good yeah it's so good like it was so funny I remember like at 
my first just albinism conference like it was you know we'd look through each other's like monoculars to see which one was better (laughs) yeah yeah and like people talked about their like their sunglasses and um and I remember like I'm so used to being with people who can see more than me and so like we went to I think it was like a place that had some kind of a buffet or something. But basically there was like food in trays and there were tiny signs next to them that said what the food was. Oh, and just no. as a reflex, I asked the girl next to me like, oh, do you know what that is? And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. Um, And yeah, just such small things that like, again, people in the albinism community specifically um, even whether it's albinism or, or hermansky pudlak syndrome, like, we have varying degrees of, of vision and visual acuity. So, like, some people can see, like, a bit more than others. But regardless, I think most of us have been through, like, semi-universal experiences, like, growing up as, like, you know, low vision kids and just yes. trying to, to do our best, you know? <laughs> yes. My my first NOAA conference was actually only four months after my first HPS conference. It was the same year. Oh, yeah. And, wow. Um, there's a funny memory I remember of, you know, in conference, if, if anybody's ever been to a conference of any kind, business or whatever, in a hotel, you have a room with like chairs and like a, usually like a, you know, a screen for uh-huh. people to do PowerPoint presentations or whatever. And I remember... We had all these chairs set up in this room and all of us just got on the floor and sat down in front of the screen because we, we couldn't see it. And I, it reminded me of being a kid and sitting in front of the TV on the floor. And, and actually, why am I saying a kid still to this day? Um, <laughs> pretty much. But like, it was just like we were all doing it together. And so just moments like that. Um, walking, we would all walk to dinner together and we'd be like, step, everybody, step, like, like yeah. laughing, like, it's just, just like, fun. and it makes you feel seen, like, I mean, to use kind of a, <laughs> a bigger yeah. speech, but like, it really does because not only like Casey said, it does it like feel kind of isolating, but, um, but like you forget and you're surrounded by so many, unless you have a family member with the same condition as you. Um, you're surrounded by people who are like quote unquote normal and do things differently. And, you know, just to see that like you're in a room where everybody is doing the same kind of thing. Like I, I, I even remember the year or what, two years after my first NOAA conference, my brother came with me. Um, and like, I know he was like, fascinated because there were just there were so many like people that looked alike because with albinism like we all lack pigment in some degree in fashion so just like we all looked pretty similar Uh and and just everyone with their like phones glued to their face like with their noses pushed up against them and he was like oh wow yeah Yeah. okay this makes sense (laughs) yes it's like the first moment you see somebody else using their phone and you say, is that how I look? I know! I phone? know! <laughs> <laughs> that was a moment for me of like, oh, that's what I look like. I know! Well, and like... We, it's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> it's so wild. And like, we squint all the time. And like, a lot of... Uh, just because like, being so light sensitive, most 
lights bother us to some degree. And we don't notice it. It's like an unconscious thing. But it was at NOAA conferences that I finally saw other people squinting like a bunch. And most people don't realize that when we're squinting, it's because the light hurts us. But sometimes we look mad. Like, we look mad when we're squinting. And so I remember, like, even my college roommate... She was like, sometimes I see you walking outside and I want to say hi, but you look so <laughs> mad. <laughs> and I'm like, no, girl, I just can't see. So <laughs> so I put in my Instagram bio, not mad, just squinting. Like, <laughs> no, and then that on top of the fact that we, we ignore people when they wave oh to my us. Gosh, yeah. like, we're su- like we're squinting mad and then they wave and we ignore it. <laughs> like, man, they must be furious. They, like, must, okay. be, <laughs> they must hate me. <laughs> Oh my God. And like really like on the inside we're like I wish someone would say hi to us. I know like, we're like I, man I wonder yeah. where that person is. I like, wonder where my friend is today. <laughs> yeah it's like we're like so happy but we look like we want to kill someone. Um, so yeah like so we kind of touched on like what it felt like to go to our very first conference. I feel like it needs to be said a little bit too. It can feel maybe a little overwhelming as well or Absolutely. a little emotional. I don't want to just touch on the good thing, um, the good stuff. I mean, especially for a rare disease with like health problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And let me say, we're lucky to have a conference as a rare disease because a lot of rare disorders, there's not really a community since it is so rare, right? But um, I remember my first time, I've talked about this before too, but it was really emotional. I felt kind of panicky at one point, actually a little bit, just because it's incredibly overwhelming and I had just gotten my diagnosis but Mm -hmm. like I know you also like and this is a good thing but you were also able to talk to people about like getting an ostomy and like different like health stuff and and I feel like you know sometimes some of that can be a little bit like eye-opening life-changing overwhelming it's not all just like sunshine and roses even if you only have low vision maybe you're coming to terms with it and Mm -hmm. being around a bunch of other people or you're losing your vision yeah maybe that's making you come to terms with things and that can be like scary and hard Mm -hmm. too or like maybe you're on a different journey than some other people with accepting it and you're around all these people that like really accept it and you're like I'm not there yet with accepting it like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of different emotions that can be had being in these groups and having to kind of come to terms with the fact that you are different I guess right within the similarities you are different and like it was wild for me because uh, I think like even at NOAA conferences like when Case and I were talking on our last episode about having darker hair or darker eyes with albinism and feeling like in those like albinism only spaces that we had to explain like, no, 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 I'm one of you. I promise. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, like, yeah. Being at the HPS conference, even it was even more so like, OK, this is even more of like people that will probably understand me, but you know, everyone has different, like, experiences. Like, also, not everyone with Hermes-Kipolak syndrome has bowel disease. And so by the time that I had gone to my first HPS conference when I was, uh, I think I was 15. Um, yeah, I was already 15. Um, not everyone had that. So, like, finding even more similar people was really interesting and and good to like hear other people's experiences about things that I hadn't even gone through yet um and then would eventually like need to to know and need to talk about it with people so like 
it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. But um, well, I I didn't mention this earlier, but I had didn't meet someone with um, Hermansky Black syndrome until I was fifteen. Um, mm. And wait, was I the first? No, it was Ashley. Oh dang it! Our, because I was technically the first person you were in contact with on the way to the conference. Yes. But. So um, our our founder's daughter, um, her name is Ashley, and so she was like the first person I met and I met her at I think your first Nova conference wow it all aligns <laughs> well but yeah oh, okay that does align okay that that checks out yes yeah but it was oh. it was super wild because I like I knew there were other people like me with HPS but like I had never met them and I always knew that I had it so I never had to come to grips with a diagnosis but like it was more of just yeah like experiencing more effects of it that I was just wanting to feel that that community and the first time that we went so I went with my parents because I was really young anyway um we were all like a bit overwhelmed like yeah like yeah my parents or I think yeah it was just my mom but my mom was like really emotional and it was like it was heavy we're talking about heavy stuff (laughs) yeah It's extremely heavy. And another thing to remember is, like, even though we do all, and I, we kind of touched on this a bit, but even though we do all have similar experiences, there are big disagreements and mm-hmm. animosity in these communities, too. Like, I, we, we don't necessarily have to get into specifics, but just, like, a lot of different views on, you know, I mean, if you want to be specific, even things like using a white cane or yeah. all all kinds of stuff, or even just the way you were raised can really impact how you see things. Um, if you consider the word disabled um, appropriate mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think like that is important to remember that in these communities, there can be some, um, you know, some heated debates yeah. and some anger and you know, some parents against the people with the uh, disorder and vice versa. Um, yeah, for sure. It's, it can get interesting. But why overall do you th- – there are a lot of reasons, and I want to get into multiple reasons, but why overall do you think community is important and meeting people like you is important? I think – so I've actually done a bit of research about having rare disorders and people with rare disorders, and – um, I'll see if I can link some things, but on average, for specifically rare disorders, it take it can take like seven years to get an accurate diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that and finally meeting people like you that will understand you without you having to, you know, kind of, I don't know, give this entire book length of background. Um, is just, it's unreal. It's unreal. I remember just like, I mean, the first, coming from the first HPS conference I had been to, it was like, like a high. Like I felt like, yeah, it felt like a bubble. Like Casey had said earlier, like just a little alternate world where like we could all exist together. Um, And and especially with like a smaller organization and a a more rare disease, like it ends up feeling kind of like a family. Um... And that, that is a really special feeling that you know that once you meet those people outside of those times where you guys all get together, you can ask them if they have similar symptoms to you. And like, it just, 
you know, sometimes your doctors don't know. And most of the time, your doctors have no idea what they're, what they're talking about or yeah. about your disease at all. And just knowing that, like, oh, I know someone with my condition that this worked for. And, you know, like, it gives you hope that there are other ways to do things. I don't know. It just, it's, it's powerful to be understood. And mm-hmm. that's one thing. Um, And another thing I think would be that a lot of people um, with rare disorders, like, just feel a lot of anxiety for their health and may have, you know, may have seen a lot of things, may have gone through a lot of things. So, um, you know, this is no replacement for therapy, of course. But, again, it it adds to feeling less alone in this world. Mm -hmm. So... All that to say, they're really important for mental health. Yes, absolutely. I think, like, kind of going off of the first thing you said, I think knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. I think knowing and understanding your condition is so important. And I think going to conferences or just knowing other people helps you to be so educated. Mm-hmm. I feel like a freaking scientist when I discuss my <laughs> condition. And I feel like actually the fact that I haven't been to a conference in like three years actually is like making me less knowledgeable about it because yeah. every time I go to a conference, I come home being like, I learned this and this and this and this and this. So um, I think like that is so important for proper care, for mm-hmm. proper, you get ideas from people, oh, that medication worked for you. Okay. Like it's so, for proper medical care, it's so important. Um, Also, another thing kind of relating to the low vision aspect of it, um, I was talking with Cass a little bit earlier about this. I think, okay, like, I consider myself confident in who I am and my condition. I consider myself an advocate. I I mean, we have a podcast mm-hmm. where we talk about it. Um, <laughs> have you checked that I, out? Like, it's have a you cool checked podcast. it out? It's pretty, it's pretty neat. But I <laughs> consider myself to be... Um, to be pretty good at that and pretty confident in that. And I think, you know, I I could give myself the credit and just say, well, you know, like I just got here on my own and I, you know, I grew up and I learned, but really, really it's, it is having that support system and that community of other people doing it too that got me there. Mm -hmm. Like, even using a white cane, it was because I was watching Girl, I'm about to get there. I was about to get there. Yes, it's because, and yeah, I want you to talk about it too, but it's because I was watching other people do it and Cass being one of those people, because she actually started before me, even though there were a lot of people, not, it, it wasn't just you, even though you were one of the people, um, seeing that it gives you, because you're not going to be around these people in your day-to-day. In your day-to-day, mm-hmm. it can feel so isolating and you can feel so alone. But just knowing somebody in Ohio or Sacramento or Washington or wherever is is using a cane too makes you feel like I can do it too because they're doing it. And and just being around people, hearing them advocate for themselves and, and having to talk about it more openly helps you to be more open about it and less ashamed of it in real life. And that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. So I started wanting to use a white cane because of having gone to a NOAA conference. And it was amazing because I saw how people would use them and and like they would hit things with them 
so that they could feel obstacles or find steps in front of them before, you know, they fell down the stairs. <laughs> and yes. so I was like, wow, you know, outside, it's so bright. And that feels like it would be so helpful. Um, so I like tried to figure it out on my own until I finally could get uh, orientation and mobility in, set up in my private school because I had some in elementary, but there was a gap in time where I didn't have it. So then I I wasn't cane trained for a while. And when I bought my first white cane, this is kind of embarrassing, but it's funny. Um, I had no idea how long they were supposed to be. So I just, I, I had one. I think my parents ended up getting me one because I was so excited about the opportunity to, to use it. Girl, it was so short. When ah. you have a white cane, it's... Uh, it's supposed to go up to like your armpit and then you can, you can get it a little bit longer if you walk fast, which I do. So mine is kind of long. Um, but mine was up to like my waist. Like it was like, hey, great <laughs> child. No, <laughs> but no. But we didn't know cute. that. And I, no, I, like, I, know. I took either. it to Disney World like in, I think it was like after, it was like in 2012 or something. I took it to Disney World. I was so excited. And Aww. and even though, like, it was way too short, it was still, like, helpful. And I started to see, yeah. like, the need. And that that is true for so many things that I have learned at conferences. You just learn, like, not only can you learn, like, total lifestyle shifts, but you can learn just, like, solid tips from people. I think yes. one of the, the conferences I learned the absolute most tips i mean there were a lot of solid makeup tips and things in noah but um when i was 18 after having had my colon removed i went to a conference for uh women with ibd called girls with guts they had so many good tips it was unbelievable i i felt so empowered to be able to try new things and like feel like you know, when you have a, a, a disease or a condition, like, it fe- it can feel like it owns you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it does. Like, you don't have control over it. But it feels like you have some of the power back by being able to feel like you have small ways that you can... I don't want to say overcome it because that feels weird. But, you know, <laughs> you, <Yeah>. you can... <laughs> but... but Small ways that you can feel like you take some of that power back. I yeah, mean, take like, some of the power back. Yeah, that's a better I, way to say it. But I, mean, I can I, overcome my disability. <laughs> um, I started no, using but, a guide dog because I went to a blindness conference too, and I talked to people that use them, and I was like, hmm, maybe I should try that. So, like, it's wild. It's really helpful. No, definitely. And I know we keep talking about conferences, but even if you're not able to go to a conference, like, even just having one friend, mm-hmm. like you. Like, even just having you, I feel like, you know, the conference, it's, like, once a year or once every two years that you get to go. But, like, I remember when I was in New York, I I arguably in New York, I had a lot more frustrating moments than I do here because I was, like, out on the street every day, you know? And I remember just, like, FaceTiming you when I was there and just, like, you need somebody to vent to, guys. You need that sometimes. Like, I – and I feel like maybe this podcast, even though it's a one-sided – conversation with the listener and you can't respond to us i feel like maybe this podcast helps people kind of let out their vents and their frustrations through through us because or at least we can be relatable in that way because i mean venting to you 
helped me. And that's actually one of the reasons we started that's this podcast. That's why we started our, this podcast. Our long venti- our hour-long venting sessions. Multiple where we hours. It's so, <laughs> so, like, I really, um, I think just having, like, a friend who understands even just one person, like, is so special. And, and if you don't have that, I'm not saying, like, you know, I'm not like, you have to have a friend. But just, it's an extra, I like, icing on the cake to have like just someone just even in your day-to-day life that you can talk and like obviously when Cass and I talk we're not even talking about our vision all that often but it does come up like we'll be like oh I have to pay for an uber or like how do I get to this place or like whatever I showed Um, Casey how to enlarge her computer and I felt I felt so useful (laughs) in that moment yes absolutely so even just having you around and all of that but so like how, what are ways that you stay connected now that we've talked about how we got connected? How do you stay connected with the community? Besides, like, going back to conferences, and the, and the reason I think we're also mentioning them is because it is, by and large, like, the, the biggest and most reliable way that we can be in touch with a lot of people with mm-hmm. different aspects of our conditions. Um... But I think, like, if you can at least, kind of like what we, what you were just saying, if you can have one good connection that you can talk to semi-regularly, um, that's, that's worth so much. It really Yeah, even really just, is. like, even a few times a year, like a long FaceTime call or yeah, something. Like, before that's we, how we started. Yeah, before we got to be better friends, and because when we had met, I was in high school and Case was in college, so, like... At that age, we weren't, like, in the same stage of life. But when we finally were kind of, I mean, honestly, it was, it was really, like, end of 2019, beginning of 2020, like, we started communicating a lot more. Yeah. Um, but, like, before then, we would FaceTime, like, probably two to three times a year. It wasn't that often. Yeah. But when we did, it was amazing. Yes. And it would be, like, a really long one, like, a four-hour, like... <laughs> FaceTime too but I feel like even just that is almost enough and I and I will say like a big silver lining to having uh, you know a a poopy rare disease is the people that I've met Mm -hmm. and I think like I wouldn't trade it like the people in my life are so special to me and it's it's really a connection like no other and it's a connection for our families too our parents have made lifelong friends as well um, through this not just us and like I think that is a big deal and and that's that's another reason why we feel like our diagnosis is a part of us um is because of our community and if we didn't have this we wouldn't have this community yeah and so i do feel like i urge you if you don't have a community to try to find one i feel like facebook is maybe a good way i was about to say facebook um if you are in the albinism community if you have albinism I host like virtual Zoom calls like for a week um, through Noah, at least for a week. Um, and so Cases if you go to Al- like, I'm a busy bee, but if you go to albinism.org, and this is only for people in the albinism community, I'm sorry to say, but if you go to albinism.org <laughs> and you look under the Noah Connections tab, um, that's another way because, you know, conferences, it's a lot of money. It's a plane mm-hmm. flight, it's a hotel, it's a registration fee. And if you aren't aren't able to make that work or it's too far away, these virtual calls are free. And also, if you're not in the albinism community, 
Facebook and all of that is also yeah. free. All of these forums and things, are, there are free ways to virtually connect Yeah, if you can't I, make it in person. As more plugs, um, if you are in the blind or low vision community, um, definitely check out either the American Council of the Blind or the National Federation of the Blind. Um, they're pretty different orgs, um, but I think that they have like they have something for everyone. Um, also, the good thing about those is that they are so large that they usually have. If you're in the U.S., they have state chapters, so you can you know realistically meet up with people that are also blind or low vision within your state. Um, and if not, I think that like kind of like what Casey was mentioning about the virtual calls, I think that they also do that kind of a virtual call event. Um, and I've met some pretty amazing people through even like those statewide things. Oh like, yeah. That's, an, that's oh, how yeah. I ended up getting a job actually. I had mentioned that in a couple episodes ago. Um, so absolutely do some digging. If you have a rare disease and you don't know where to look, I would also encourage you to go to Nord's website, which is raredisease.org. And they, I think, have a have a pretty up-to-date roster of, um, like, places and, and organizations that exist for different rare diseases, um, kind of like the hermansky Pitlock syndrome network. So definitely check those resources out or, or even just, like, I don't know. Start Googling. Start Googling. Yeah, Google. Uh, honestly, Twitter, Instagram, hashtags, all kinds of stuff. But no, I mean, when I lived in New York, I met blind people there. I I, I was a little bit involved with the New York State Commission for the Blind when I got mm-hmm. up there. And also, I feel like I met this girl. Her name's Bree, if she's listening. I, I doubt it. But hi, Bree, if you are. Um, not my room. I had two Brees in New York. Not my roommate, Bree, but this other Bree, um, who I met who was legally blind. And I honestly... We, like, hung out quite a few times, and I couldn't even tell you how we met. I'm, like, forgetting now how I even... I feel like I I found a theater for disabled actors and connected with her on Facebook, and then we, like, became friends. So, like, literally, there are, there are ways. You are not alone. Like, you are yeah. not alone. There are literally... Like, you just, like, search. You just, like, get on the internet. The internet's your friend in that situation, and you yeah. search. And, like, I think this can go for pretty much anything not to diverge too much from the original topic but like community is power even if you're just into something yeah Um, oh oh my gosh my entire safe (laughs) my safe haven of middle school was the Kristen Chenoweth fan club okay yeah there's and I met them I I met them and I still still am Facebook friends with a few of them to this day yeah yeah. I joined a I joined a jukebox the ghost fan club like back in 2020 and I don't keep up with the group chats anymore just because I don't have time anymore but um I just like what a month or two ago now I met up with someone who was coming through town to see a show and I was like hey let's get breakfast so it was it's, I it's love cool. that and you know you yeah. have at least one thing in common and yes, I like. I also met quite a few people through. I did BookTube, which is YouTube for yes, book lovers. BookTube. I met quite a few people in person from that too, and like they were just lovely. They were just so great. So, you know, internet so find friends community are community wherever you are, and internet friends can be real friends. Don't let people make you think otherwise. Yeah, and but be safe. Yeah, try. Yeah, use your best judgment. 
Yeah, like make sure they're real and not catfishing. But Oof. um, you know, don't all, give out all too much my, personal info. You know, all of my experiences have been lovely with my internet friends. Yeah, that I've met. same. But be careful out there, y'all. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Um, so <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> Um, we don't, we didn't think of a game. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we literally just got to the end and I'm like, we did not, we did not think of a game. We, didn't we think could of do a the game. same. We could do the same game we did last time. If you I want. think we could. Let's do it. Let's do a game. Okay. Word, <laughs> word association story or feeling from your life i will give i will give you the first word are you ready i am ready water fountain <laughs> oh no she's laughing okay <laughs> so i recently i recently like within the, i don't know like two months ago or something i watched through parks on wreck <laughs> oh yes <laughs> there was this moment where like um, Amy Poehler's character, who works for the Parks and Recreation Department, Leslie Nope, will talk about the citizens of, like, Pawnee, Indiana, like, this kind of suburban town. And they were, she was saying that, like, one of the things... People would, like, put their entire mouths around, like, the water fountain, like, Ew. spout. And I I did that for a hot minute as a kid. I thought it was a straw. <gasps> until oh, someone no. had, I think it was my mom. She was like, do not do that. That is so gross. <laughs> I, I think so I did that, too. I, I don't know if I put my mouth all the way around it, but I think I definitely would, like, touch my mouth to it. Yeah. And, it looked I like, like a sippy cup straw. You know, it might be a low vision thing, because I feel like it's kind of hard just to see the water up in the <laughs> air of where you're supposed to go like i feel like yeah no i did that too Ooh, i did do that too it was only rough. until i was older that i learned that like oh you're just supposed to sip yeah, on the water as i it's... think i was like six or something that's <laughs> like... so funny that's so funny okay um let's see pomegranate pomegranate oh i have a cute memory with pomegranate um, you know, the pomegranate, just the seeds, like the palm yeah. um, brand. So like me and my roommate, um, freshman year of college, Audrey, who is still one of my best friends, we would just always get like, we would do like girls nights and we would get like cheeses and chocolates and crackers and we would always get the pomegranates and we would like watch, we would like watch cheesy rom-coms and like color together and That's stuff so like that. That's so cute. I don't want to do and that. I think we did it like for Valentine's Day once too. <laughs> like, and anyway, I when I think of the palm pomegranates, I think of her because she introduced me to them and they're so good. Like, they are yummy. I have some yeah. in, my, in my fridge, but the it's seeds, like unsweetened. Yeah. I haven't had them in a long time. I should buy them again. They're good. They're so good. They're so good. Okay, my next one for you is lip gloss. Ooh. I remember, so I I wear a lot of lipstick in person. And I'll do lipstick because that was the first thing I thought of. Um, I'm not much of a gloss gal, though I am just wearing lip balm right now. But um, I didn't start doing that until I was like a freshman in college and it was like Sephora gave me like one of those hundred point rewards like if you spend enough uh-huh. money you get points and whatever so I got this like K 
Kat Von D lipstick, which I don't oh. normally have, but like it came in like a like a fun package, like the the it was like almost like studded on the outside. It was, yes, no, I I know exactly the one you're talking about. Yes, I and I put it on and suddenly I felt like <laughs> power radiating from me and I was like, I love this. And so then I started getting really into it. But since then, like I wear it most of the time, even if it's just like going, like I'll wear like, you know, not too bold of a red, but like I'll wear like a red when I'm at work. Like it makes me feel good. And I, I'm, I like the shape of my lips. So I think it just accentuates it. So I love wearing lipstick. And it was so funny because I was hanging out with some of my friends last week we were just studying and I didn't have like, I don't think I had it either. I had very minimal makeup or I didn't really have much on. And my friend James was like, I forget that that the actual color of your lips is not bright red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you look so good in your lipsticks. And my mom is the same way. She like can't leave the house without her lips on. Like it's like so important. And they really do like, bring out like I I agree with me like they really bring something to my face like when I have my lip color on and I feel like with the COVID masks it got kind of sad because we couldn't wear fun lips I started getting lip stains though because they would rub off less and Case got me this like amazing lip stain that does not come off it's my favorite two days it's kind of amazing it's my fave brand I love it so much yeah um Okay. So, okay, last one. Number two. Um, I'm trying to think of something like non-generic. Hand Take mixer. Hand mixer. Um, so, I recently started getting into baking. Like, I would say maybe a year ago now. Well, maybe even less than a year ago. Uh, yeah, like probably six months ago. Because I got into cooking a year ago, but not baking yet. Um, and I... My mom for my birthday, and my mom and dad. I always say mom because I think she's the one who actually like picks out the gift. But my dad also gave me this gift. <laughs> um, my mom and dad gave me a beautiful hand mixer for my birthday, and it's like a really really light teal color, which is kind of the it's color so in my kitchen. And um, I just used it to make brownies the other day for my tea. So coming oh. right back around full circle. Wow, to talking about the tea. But um, I, I I mean I would eventually if I really get more into baking would love like a stand mixer but a hand mixer does the job just fine for now and I am glad to have it because I used to not have anything and my my wrist would like feel like it was going to actually break in half and fall <laughs> off so yeah yeah but I like that game it's fun I it's feel like so always fun. A fun fun story to tell or something yeah you never know like what kind of word will will bring something up with someone well yeah like pomegranate like I would have never thought that I would have like an association with a pomegranate but here we it's are. It's so fun. I love this idea. Thank you, Casey, for bringing this up. And especially since we didn't plan for a game. Yeah, we uh, we really dropped the ball on that one, guys. Uh, we're, we like got right to the end. We were like, hmm. hey, we got to like our 45th time without ever forgetting. So I think pretty good. You know? Yay. Yeah. Well, thanks, right. you guys. Definitely check Thank us you. out on... All of the platforms, please give us ratings and reviews on Apple as a reminder. We're still waiting for that 100 reviews. We're going to be patient. And yes, it's okay. We will get there. We will get there I think we can, we can, like, die happy. Like, we can stop the pod happily once we get there. 
Not that um, we wait. Would. I don't want to. Yeah, not that I don't want to say that because then people won't give us the review because they if they don't want us to stop. <laughs> or maybe you do want us to stop, and you're like, I'm writing it now. <laughs> Please stop. So I don't know. No, not that for we would. For our two listeners, if you, for as both of you know, <laughs> if you heard if you heard last week, that's one of the fun. That I think made me the, laugh the most I've ever laughed in a rare with flair episode in my life. Like listening, listening back. If you don't know what we're talking about, listen to last last time. But um, so funny. But so anyway, funny. yeah, check us out. Find us on the socials, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.